Next on BYU Sports Nation, the official 2018 BYU football fall camp preview begins. Camp Kalani is underway. We give you the top five storylines to watch over the next month. Plus, Brian Logan's plea for leadership and our fall camp predictions. Plan on 100% accuracy. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, August 2nd. Welcome to your BYU football fall camp preview special. We made it. The long, dreary summer. Here we are, fall camp. The guys are practicing today. Super stoked. They've got their gear. They're ready to roll. Wherever and however you are connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYUS and parking cop, Jerem Jordan. More on that coming up. What happened to <laughs> Lee Kamard in Macedonia that's all too familiar to the BYU experience? Uh, went to Weezer last night, by the way. Fantastic. What's your so favorite good. Weezer song? Uh, I think it's The World Has Turned. It's on the Blue Album. Outstanding. Which came out in 94. I was 11. What do you think of their cover <laughs> of Africa, they originally released by Toto? They played it. It was really good. Do you like that one better than the original? No. The original is fantastic. Uh, Rivers Cuomo, the lead singer, also dressed up in a, a sailor hat and jacket and played uh, Aha, Take On Me. <laughs> Acoustic. That was awesome. But today is fall camp, okay? I'm super stoked. We've got you covered with that, by the way. 8 Eastern time when practice ends, 6 Mountain, we go live. you see the breakout interviews. We'll do a recap, tell you what happened, what was discussed, what we saw from the media portion of the interview uh, or the practice. It's coming up at 8 Eastern tonight on Facebook.com slash Sports. Don't miss it. We got you covered. And BYU Sports Nation every day. This is our fall camp preview. We're going now. We're going. We're all access. And, by the way, Adam Amin tweeted that he's the play-by-play on the BYU-Arizona game on ESPN. So, our boy Adam Amin on the call. Very excited. Now we get into less conjecture, although today we're predicting, I guess. But more like, okay, there's practice. There's something to, to talk about. some things out. Yes. The long, dreary summer's over, and I'm stoked. Let's go. Yeah, and it's on fast-forward because, or it should be anyway, because now we're under one month. Countdown to the Wildcats. 30 days. Yeah, that's a drag it out number, right? I mean, you could do the syncopation. We did three syllables on 30. Right. You could do the syncopation that you like to throw in sometimes, the 30 days away. Yeah. I was in middle school band. Played trumpet. Throw a triplet in there or something. A quarter note. I don't remember. Can you play Weezer on the instrument that you played? <laughs> on the air trumpet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. All rise and shout with your air trumpets or not. It's time for the Camp Kalani preview on BYU Sports Nation. Here are the top five storylines we're watching throughout camp. Let's go. On BYUSN. Number one. Who will be the starting quarterback? It's hard to think that Joe Critchlow won't be the guy after Ed Lamb's comments to BYU alumni last week in Southern Utah that came out in the St. George newspaper, The Spectrum. Um, But Tanner Mangum, I think, should be the front runner. He's a senior. He's the most experienced guy. I know he had a poor season. 
I think that he, uh, because of the injury and how bad the season was, I don't know if scared's the right word, but scared into submission to, I'm going to lose 22 pounds. I'm going to get my act together. I'm going to be the guy. If Tanner Mangum doesn't win the job, that tells me something about Tanner Mangum. Also, it would tell me about probably Joe Critchlow, that he would just have to be way better. But I think you go with the most experienced guy, especially against a schedule where you're playing four Power 5 road games, right? Tanner Mangum has not been successful in his starting Power 5 games. In fact, he hasn't won one yet. But Joe Critchlow hasn't even played a game against a Power 5 team, let alone thrown a Hail Mary successfully as the backup. So... I think that Tanner Mangum will win the starting quarterback job and be the guy against Arizona, in spite of what we're hearing about Joe Crislow. Tanner Mangum's the most experienced guy. You're the senior. Go win it. The best part about this is we pose the questions and we'll know the answers in a relatively short amount of time. For some of these questions. We have some will take like half the season. In relation to the quarterback controversy, quandary, battle, whatever you want to call it, we will know the answer in a relatively short amount of time. And for Tanner Mangum, the challenge has been issued from Aaron Roderick that, look, if you want to accomplish things that you've never accomplished and enjoy success that you've never had, you now need to do things that you've never done prior to this time, which is why you're seeing him take drastic measures. He's, he had success his freshman year that he won't have this year. He's not winning nine games, eight as a starter for Tanner Mangum. If we're talking about individual polish yeah. and being becoming a better quarterback than he's ever been, he's got to do things he's never done. I don't think he'll top his freshman year. I'm not talking like about the moment. and wins. He yeah, had yeah. six, five receivers all around him. I don't think Tanner Mangum was this amazing quarterback his freshman year. I think he was the benefactor of having really good weapons around him that could bail him out. No doubt, but you don't get bailed out to the tune of 3,200 passing yards and 23 touchdowns and 10 picks. Like, there's, there's less luck and more skill in that than you think. I'm with you that that certainly aided the process. So and you helped. don't think Tanner Mangum can be a better quarterback this St- year than he was as a freshman? Statistically and in wins, which is actually what you do. If no. you don't think he could can he, be a- could he read defenses better? Can he blah, blah, blah? He's not going to throw for more yards, in my opinion. He's not going to have more passing touchdowns, and he's not going to have more wins. It's a tougher schedule. But So you're telling me that in those three regards, he's not going to be a better quarterback? I don't think so. Then why is he the starter? Because the schedule could be harder. You're, did BYU play four Power 5 road games in 2015? No, they didn't. They played a tough schedule. They played at Nebraska, at it's UCLA, waited. and at Michigan. Yeah, there's three. It's not four. That's one more, right? He got eight wins as a starter, 3,200 pass yards, 23 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He's not going to top those numbers this year. I don't believe that. He could still have a good year. I don't believe he's going to be better than that statistically. Okay. Well, that, that's an interesting conversation. Do you think Joe Critchlow is going to do that if he's the guy the whole year? Like, against this schedule? That, those are good the numbers. The depth chart right now. Those are good numbers. I feel like everything that I've heard over the summer and all the speculation, but the depth chart right now going into day one is Joe Critchlow, Tanner Mangum, Zach Wilson. I would love to hear what Jeff Grimes has to say about this. The depth chart after a few weeks, and all that's the really fun part. And I'm with you. I think Tanner Mangum, at the end of it all, will be the quarterback to start against Arizona on September 1st. But right now... I think Joe Critchlow is the number one guy going into fall camp just based on everything that's happened. I want to know if Joe Critchlow has a scholarship. Why would you start a walk-on? Like, give him a scholarship. Storyline number two. What will the Jeff Grimes offense look like? 
Well, what we know right now is it's multiple. There's an emphasis on run blocking. Not a surprise because he's coming from LSU. He's an offensive line coach. And he's an offensive line coach. Pass catching running backs also utilized largely in Jeff Grimes' previous offensive experience at Texas A&M and Auburn and LSU. And there is an emphasis on having an accurate quarterback. He always mentions the word accuracy, not the guy who has the best ability to extend a play or use his feet. It is. I did say use his feet earlier. Who can make the right decision and he emphasizes accuracy. Who's going to be the accurate quarterback that can manage, do what he's told, and not lose a team a game? Yeah, so in terms of the offense, that's what we're looking for. Multiple, you define it however you want. I think that there is a great chance we're going to see a lot of running back catching the ball out of the backfield, and that BYU is going to try and overpower people on the offensive line. That shouldn't be a surprise based on who Jeff Grimes is. If BYU can't run the ball, it doesn't matter how good they are through the air because on third and 12, it would be somewhat predictable and the defense will release the hounds. So BYU's got to be able to run the ball. Multiple is not an offense. Multiple is a description of two or more offenses. So we shall see what this offense looks like. I think that BYU really wants to keep it close to the vest. BYU did this two years ago with a new offense coordinator and Ty Detmer. We didn't exactly know what it was, and it was a very conservative, run-heavy don't take a lot of shots down the field offense. I thought it hamstrung Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams to the degree that they couldn't actually kind of be themselves and accentuate their strengths. What I hope is that Jeff Grimes has seen these guys having been here before and says, you know what, I know the types of players that we have and have had in the past, and I'm going to accentuate their strengths. And then we go, I don't, like, is it spread? Is it eye formation? Is it totally dependent on situation? I don't really care as long as BYU's good at it. BYU is going to have a bunch of different formation looks that make it seem like they have like 100 or 125 plays, but the base will be Jeff Grimes' favorite 25 or 30 plays with a bunch of looks, multiple formation looks. So it looks really complicated, which in a way is brilliant because then the defense is like, well, we haven't seen this look before, but the point is to get to the same base of plays. To me, I just that's hope what it's, multiple means. Right, multiple being many things. All right, Jeff Grimes wants to run block, but who is his number one running back? That is storyline number three. Apparently a redshirt freshman's the guy, Zach Katoa. All indications point to Zach Katoa. He had the most carries of any back in the spring game. A lot of discussion in spring about him. Last fall, Fred Warner saying to Kalani Satake after a practice, hey, can we have our scout squad running back play now? And BYU held him out on purpose to maximize him. Zach Katoa, a guy off a of mission, who looks to be the number one back. And that's pretty interesting given the amount of backs that BYU returns from last year with guys like Squally Canada, Riley Burt, Kavik Fonua, and KJ Hall as primary ball handlers and carriers. But Zach Katoa appears to be the guy. And if Jason Shepard were here, we'd make sure he said Lopini. No, which say, is it like how, say how Jason says it. I can't say anything like Jason. Lopini. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you, you white man. The one-two punch is going to be Zach Katoa, Squally Canada. After that, I don't know. A huge question marks as to who's going to be number three, how much run they'll get. K.J. Hall is in the mix. How much do they want to use K.J. as a pass catcher because 
He is dynamic in that way. You get him in open space, that's where he's the best. He's, he's not going to overpower the Dixie anybody. Chicks. Wide open spaces. But KJ, when you get him in space, he can make dudes miss. So they get him the ball on swing passes. Yeah, we'll see. What Spell? about Riley Burt? Like, you remember last oh, year? Yeah, was like, the, Riley Burt, play the, the man! The curious case of yeah. Riley Burt continues. I would like to see Riley Burt get a shot. He's like, mired down right now. From what we can tell, he's mired down the depth chart on the in the running back room. I want to see him at least get a shot. Last year was like, why not? Why not play him? And then against Hawaii, he was really good. It was like, where's the spin all year? One two is, from what we can tell, Zach Katoa, Squally Canada. Hey, we'll find some things out. That's what makes it fun. Storyline number four: What newcomers will have the most impact this season? Well, if you ask any of our guests that have come into Studio B, including Blaine Fowler, the clear answer is Dylan Colley will have the greatest impact of any of the new players or the 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 new incomers or newcomers whatever you want to call them because of his leadership role and he's a polished receiver I think we'll see the biggest impact from Dylan Colley in fall camp early in games because he's going to be the safety valve that whoever the quarterback is is going to rely on Zach Katoa is also a newcomer we just spent a bunch of time talking about what he's going to do as a running back those are the two guys that I think will have the most impact this season Zach Katoa will have the biggest impact here's why he's going to touch the ball 10 to 20 times. Dylan Colley will touch the ball five times on average, probably. How much do game. you factor in leadership role, senior, uh, he, you know, the lead by example thing? Like, yeah, th- that, it's that's, hard to quantify that. Right. That's all good. It's easier for me to just talk about the quantifiables, which is statistics, right? Like, who's going to make an impact on the game the most? The, the actual game. I think Zach Cato is the guy. Other guys in the mix Gunnar Romney, wide receiver, uh, stud out of Arizona. True freshman, hopefully he comes in and makes an impact. Um, James Empey, perhaps at center. There's a battle between Jacob Jimenez and James Empey. Empey's a freshman, a, a redshirt freshman. Mike Empey's kid. And then Christian Falau is kind of a name off the radar I want to throw out there. Linebacker, as a backup, had a really nice spring. At middle linebacker is kind of the number two. If BYU, for some reason, doesn't have Butch Pau in there at middle linebacker, Christian Falau could be a guy that could make an impact as a freshman. Another name to keep in mind, Devin Kafusi. Oh, the Kafusi boys, man. The, the last of the line. According to Phil Steele and his college football projection and what he heard from Kalani Satake at one point this summer, Devin Kafusi and Corbin Kafusi were number one on the depth chart on opposite ends of the defensive line. Can you imagine what it would be like to be the opposing quarterback and have 6'10 Corbin on one side and 6'6 Devin on the other? These guys are massive, man. Yeah, good luck. And storyline number five in our top five storylines going into Camp Kalani and BYU Football Fall Camp 2018. What will the BYU defensive secondary look like with all of the shuffling of position changes back there? Shuffling, shuffling, plenty of time. At cornerback, there's only one senior in the group, Michael Shelton. Perhaps he's a starter. We'll see. Um, He's been really solid in his career. Austin McChesney is a guy in the mix as well. Coming off of different torn ACLs uh, the, in, his, in different knees the past two seasons. They've flirted with putting him back to safety too, Jaron. Does BYU want to play with any corners or are they all moving to safety? Other corners in the mix. Chris Wilcox, I think, will be a starter. Trevion Green, juniors with experience. D'Angelo Gunter, redshirt freshman. Keenan Ellis, Malik Moore, Isaiah Heron, all freshmen. Okay, So cornerback, those are the main guys in the mix. 
At safety, Troy Warner and Dine Gonwoliku, are they automatically the safeties? Because there are guys with experience back there, Tanner Jacobson, Austin Lee, Gavin Fowler, Isaiah Armstrong moving from corner to safety, and a host of others. So secondary, I think there's some talent, especially at safety, a little less proven at corner. I'm interested to see how that shakes out. Can we just throw one of those safeties that have significant cornerback experience back up to corner? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like if BYU put Troy Warner and Dangon Woloku at corner, I would say that's one of the strengths of the team. But BYU must really like who's behind him because why would they move them to safety? Dian Gawoloku, or the artist formerly known as Dian Lake, has the best ball skills of any cornerback on the team. He's awesome. I, I think Dian's one of the top six best players on the team. And this might be a move to help him transition to try and make a professional football career out of this because he's not tall and his body style better fits, if he wants an NFL career, that of a safety. I'm less concerned about his NFL prospects as I am him just being good right now. But I think he has the best ball skills and he's the best polished defensive back. Is it because he went to Northridge? Is that why? No, it has nothing to do with it. (laughs) It has something. Come on. No, it doesn't have anything to do with it. I look at who's on the (laughs) roster whether he went to Northridge, Copper Hill. What an incredible coincidence. Or Sam Houston State High School in Louisiana. I don't know. Just who There's has a lot the going best on ball lesson. skills. <laughs> and BYU is loaded at safety. So I, I want to get the coach's take on that. That will be a question early today is why the emphasis on so many different guys at safety and not at cornerback. Our question of the day. What is your second Biggest storyline heading into BYU football fall camp. Obviously, who the starting quarterback is number one. That's number one. Time to hear from you, BYU Sports Nation. Let's roll out the social media. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Stutz 10 on Twitter. The new coaches on offense and the scheme they plan on using. How they've been pretty vague so far, saying they will be multiple on offense. How much of the offense will we see before September 1st? And how much of the offense will be shown? Uh, the plan at practice is to go 11-on-11 11 11 at the beginning. The media viewing is like 90 minutes later. So I don't know that the media will see 11-on-11 11 11 very much. individual position group drills that we're watching. Yeah. So how much can you learn from that? We'll Hashtag see. BYUSN. Coming up, what happened to Lee Kamard in Macedonia that is all too familiar to the BYU experience? Below is back in the building, Brian Logan, and his push for BYU football leadership. He's here to break down his fall camp expectations and his top five storylines going in. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch live practice interviews and recaps from BYU Fall Camp on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page throughout camp starting tonight. First practice, 8 Eastern is when the practice ends and we start the interviews on Facebook.com slash BYU TV Sports. Welcome back to the 2018 Fall Camp preview special on BYU Sports Nation. We are simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation open on social media as always. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever and wherever you would like to converse with us. Specifically answer this question. What is your second biggest storyline heading into BYU football fall camp? The 2018 edition of Camp Kalani at Ames Flames answers on Twitter. Running backs or wide receivers? So much talent and potential. 
Who's it going to be? I even ask little questions that I get excited about. Like, I want to see Danny Jones punt. I want to see Skyler Southam kick. I want to see all these little things. I just want to see the team because today is the first time this team will fully practice together. These are the guys that are the team. The spring ball guys, there's all kind of injuries, recovering, sitting out for whatever. This is the team, and we're going to see them for the first time today. I want to see who's going to emerge as a leader. And typically that involves a vocal element. Will we notice a leader in the limited time that the media is granted to watch practice? Can we see something there? I want to. I hope to. Hashtag BYUSN. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. More of your responses later in the show. Joining us in Studio B is the one and only B-Lo, Brian Logan, former BYU football standout. Brian! And a special friend of Studio B. What's up, dude? What's going on, man? Hey. It's fall camp, baby. We made it. We made it. We did. This is the day that the Lord has made. You know the rest, right? I would be glad <laughs> and rejoicing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We were going to say Come it. Come on, we man. Say it. You're not excited. Like, I, I, was trying to, I was trying to find my helmet, man. I was trying to find my Where helmet. You really? I was going to wear it. We have one right here. I didn't really. You want to put it on? No, nah, that one looks. I, I need my visor. I got to have swag with, you know, with my helmet, so. That has no... The like, visor does take the helmet been, to a new level. It's been a... Yeah. I agree. It's been, and I got the little Nike decals. Brian, you're with us. I'll get, you know, when I find it, I'll dust it off, and I'll, I'll, you guys can have my helmet right there. We, we, we want you to keep it. Okay. <laughs> you don't even know where it is. You said I was looking for my helmet. If he wants the exposure every day on national yeah. television... Yeah, we'll take it. I'll wear it, too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll if find a place for Brian Logan's helmet. helmet. Yeah, just, I'm just going to put... I love Jeremy and Spencer. That's we a, just revealed our top five storylines heading into fall camp. Starting quarterback number one. What's the offense going to look like from Jeff Grimes? Who's going to be the number one running back? What newcomers will have the most impact this season? And what in the world is the secondary going to look like? How do your top five storylines differ from ours? Quarterback, 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 quarterback. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. All right. No, well, that uh, graphic says otherwise, Brian. Yeah, they, uh, Ben kind of forced me to, to <laughs> get a point with five. But, no, it's, uh, it's obviously a starting quarterback. Um, what is the, the offense going to look like? Uh, leadership, right? I mean, that's the, 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 the most important thing. Okay, so you take a change on number three. We have the same at one and two. I, I mean, I feel like all three of those are, are into one, um, you know, because the, the quarterback is obviously going to have an impact on the offense. And – Obviously, whoever the court starting quarterback is, you know, we talk to guys on the show. Needs all the time. to be the leader. It has to be by default. You have no choice. If you're the quarterback, you're the leader. It's it, it's you know, it comes together. You experienced so. this in 2010. Jake Heaps, for all his talent out of high school, wasn't a leader yeah. yet, right? Perhaps later in his career, he he became that guy, mm-hmm. but he wasn't the leader. And Riley Nelson was the leader. So there was like this this uh, weird vibe, right? It was yeah. like Team Riley, Team Jake. Yeah. So do you think that happens at all today, where it's like? Is there a team Tanner? Is there a team Joe? Oh yeah, at all? yeah, hundred percent, man. Anybody that says no is not being real with themselves. I mean, don't like you could lie, lie to anybody. Don't lie to yourself, right? And um, it, it just, it's just, it's natural. It, it has to come with the territory in, until somebody is called the starter, right? It just, it's just how it is. That's how it was with us. And yeah, we we chose a side at the time. You know, when I played, I was I was team I was team Jake. And I I've never said this in public. Sorry, Jake. I I would actually drop interceptions thrown by by Jakey really <laughs> to help him out. I'm sorry, Jake. Yes. Wow. There, there's one. There was one. You always learn something good. There when was you come one on. play. I, I and I always remember this. There was one play in camp where I got it as of the goal line, and I, I got a pick six. And um, afterwards, he grabbed me by the neck. He was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" And I was like, "Oh snap! It was in the heat of the moment. I'm sorry. It was natural." <laughs> 
and this is 10. You're an established starter. Yep. You're good. Yep. <laughs> if it was 09, you would have had to pick it off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Max, oh, right? yeah. I, I mean, if I, I got, if I had a fingernail on Max's ball, I, I'd be, I'd get lucky. So, <laughs> seriously. You had your role. Yeah, you were established at that point, so you had the luxury to do things like right. that. Yeah. Yeah. Any DBs drop a pass from their favorite the, quarterback? Man, you're talking about team that, like, that was my boy. I was riding for him. You know, that's true team Jake or team whoever, right? Yeah, who's on team Tanner? Who's on team Joe? <laughs> who's on team Zach? And perhaps not everyone feels this way. Like, were there teammates of yours that weren't, okay, I, they didn't care? Or was it everyone picked a side? Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of the leaders, um, the, the natural leaders, uh, the seven seniors or eight seniors that we did have, we would always talk about it. Hmm. Um, obviously, with with the defense and the DBs, we we talked about it a lot. Um, the defense, we I mean that was one of the concerns, right? Like like, like the year before in two thousand nine, it if it's the best feeling to get off the field and, and know that you can rest for a little bit, that you are probably going to score, you know, in, in whatever situation, right? Um, and, and going into that year, we were like, oh shoot, whoa, man, what's going to happen? And so I can only imagine what the offense was feeling, but we were open, you know, out in the open with it. Like, Hey, you know, you, I, you are, you're Riley's best friend. Don't sit by me. You know, whatever. The, I mean, we were joking, but <laughs> I mean, we all kind of knew, um, you know, who we were rooting for and things like that. So I would, I would, I would have to assume, yes, it's like that, but it's probably not as public, right. As we, as we would maybe want to see. And it's and there's not been like one of these guys didn't announce anything at Iggy's and the other doesn't have long <laughs> hair and is volunteering on special teams. Like I think the dynamic of kind of as our set just crumbles. I was wow. I didn't do that. I think we're getting a new one. That in was a the first weeks, time anyways. I did, I was wow. me, which is great. Um, <laughs> wait, so who who do you think's the guy or like right now? Who do you think's the number one? I, I mean, it's it's it seems Joe or Tanner, right? Yeah, I mean, I I would I've been saying um, Tanner the whole time. I I you know try to watch the the other episode. Uh, I think one, someone somebody was gone, right? Um, about what uh, Coach Lamb had said, yeah, and um, which which kind of surprised me, but I don't know. I I have to just go with experience um, over over talent, I guess, right now. Um, and you know it, that that just mean, that must mean that JoJo, there's a, that much more confidence, you know, in him. Um, you know, for you to have, for, you, for for you to invest, um, you know, I guess the, the the time or the energy or whatever to to make this kid a starter. There's he, you you ha- he has to be that like I don't know I want to say ten times more better than uh, than uh, than Tanner, but it's got to be pretty significant, right, for him to say those comments. I hope there is a clear indicator. The last thing I want is. It's 51% to 49%. I would like that caveat, or not the caveat, the chasm to be a little bit wider so that's like, okay, we, we know Joe's the guy or Tanner's the guy. Like, it's, it's not like, ugh, flip but, a coin. But, but, if it's, but if it's like that, it's, it's, even, it's even more vital to name a guy. Cause, cause, because what you don't want to happen, if, if it's close and it's like, well, Tanner has this or Joe has this or whatever the case is, then you start to really get that divide, right? Aside from it being natural, um, you really start having guys really ponder it. Where with us, or or, or with with uh, the the coach saying flat out, "This is the guy," even if he he you know is fifty one percent over the second guy, people go, "Well, it's just shut down." You don't have to. You don't ponder it as a as a player. You say, "Well, coach said this, so I mean, we, we got to ride with him." I don't know that someone will emerge like I they where how's that going to manifest itself in the practice field, right? Like. 
You're telling me Tanner Mangum's not going to do his darndest to be the leader, to be vocal, to to be the guy that started 21 I hope he is. You know what I mean? Like, if Joe Critchlow isn't on Scully and he wins the starting job, that is a huge indictment on all the other scholarship quarterbacks. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, as a former walk-on? Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, I think – I think really it says a lot more to him, and you gotta you gotta take that stuff with a grain of salt, man. Let me look at look at Dennis, right? Uh, Andrew Rich was another one uh, that was a walk on, but in the recruiting process, guys get overlooked all the time. Sure. There's a lot a lot has to do with hype, but at the same time, if I'm a scholarship player, I'm, there's no way in the world I'm gonna let you know a kid that's a walk on. And perhaps Joe's on Scully now. We, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I hope he is. Like, if he's competing for the starting spot, give that man a scholarship. Right, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, he's going to be the one or two. Th- this this the thing right here, and, and I always remember this when I was battling um, in 2009. We had all the J.C. transfers. Like, like, the way we're talking about the quarterbacks now is how we talked about us and the DBs. And what separated me, man, was the team settings, the uh, um, you know scrimmages in the, in the, uh, in, in, at Lavelle Edwards. I always showed up because I, I don't care about, I don't care about practice. I, man, heck no. I had double hernias, and I was trying to save myself, right? And so but whenever it was a team-like you know, environment, you know, the coaches said, wow, whenever the lights are on and it means something, like this kid, flat, like he separates himself more than anything. And, and we talk about that all the time in 2010. Like Jake, he, he you know, amazing arm and, and technique, all that stuff, but there's no pressure. Right. As far like physical pressure, nobody's in his face. So he, it looked pretty. But when you get into the game, it was like, oh, shoot, it's a different situation. It's a different trick. So that's how I would evaluate and, and us as analysts and fans. When we look at, at tape or whatnot, who, nobody cares about one on ones. There's no you have no line of scrimmage. They, you don't have any pressure at all. You already know where he's going. You don't have any help from the from the defense. Right. It's easy. Seven on seven. Same thing. It's easy. So look at the game situations and the settings to see you know, uh, the, the skill set and if they can be productive. Brian Logan with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we'll end with this. The coaches poll was just released. Ah, yes. And the, BYU's number 18. Always exciting preseason <laughs> top 25 polls. No surprise, Alabama number one. BYU opponents, Washington number six. Wisconsin number seven. Boise State number 22. Also receiving votes, Utah and Northern Illinois. The three main teams, that's what we expected. As a player, when you see something like this, a poll come out and you say, all right, we've got three top 25 teams on the schedule, and there's a chance that Utah and Northern Illinois might sneak in there as well. What's the first thing that goes through your mind? Strictly player's perspective. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go, man. I mean, I'm excited right now for those guys, but – I mean, I, I remember, you know, looking at the schedule in 2009, um, Oklahoma, and they were ranked, and, and Sam Bradford and Florida State. I was like, man, let's let's go, let's let's get it. Not you to know, mention really good TCU and Utah teams. That, that, yep, exactly. And um, I mean, those those teams. Well, Florida State wasn't ranked, but I mean, you know, the 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 brand of Florida State, right, got us hyped. I didn't bring that one up. I just want to point that. No, out. No, I'm over it. I'm okay. over it now. You know, we could talk about it. It's 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 okay. I removed that of my contract going to the season, so it's all good, man. I, I no longer have any insecurities. I'm confident in myself, but <laughs> it's 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 exciting, man. And it shouldn't scare them as players. It should, as fans, probably us, like oh shoot, especially from what happened last year. But as a player, like this is what you live for, man. 
Like all those weights, all the blood, all the sweat, all the tears, all that homework you had to do, <laughs> all the boring stuff that you had to do got you to this point. And take advantage, man, and take advantage in a in a way where you you leave everything on the field and so you can look yourself eye to eye and say, I'm no longer embarrassed about the Florida State game. You can't be afraid <laughs> of scenarios like that, right? Amen. You, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, great to talk to you, man. Thanks, sure, man. I'm sure we'll, we'll be practicing more with you, especially about the secondary as fall. Yeah, I'll let you guys know how everything goes. I get to go in early as a former player. Oh, yeah. Hey, well, there you go. Hey, we have no time for you anymore. <laughs> Coming up, what questions will not be resolved over the next 30 days of fall camp? And BYU Cougars that will play in actual football and basketball games today. Headlines are next. Team for Debt's in there, isn't it? We're coming to Falkham today. This is BYU Sports Nation. After Further Review is back on BYU TV Tuesdays at 7 Eastern, starting next Tuesday, August 7th, as David, Brian, and the guys break down Cougar football like nobody else. The 2018 BYU Football Fall Camp Preview rolls on in Studio B. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio. Our national simulcast, as always, on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. Download the podcast. A myriad of options for you. And we now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Again, if you missed the first 36 minutes of the show, welcome. Today is... Day one of fall camp practice for BYU. You can join us for post-practice reports, all-access coverage tonight on BYU TV's BYU TV Sports Facebook page beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 Mountain. We'll also tweet out those links, so just hang with us on the social media. Yeah. Bronson, Kafusi and Kai Nakua kick off the NFL preseason tonight for the Baltimore Ravens in the Hall of Fame game against the Chicago Bears at 8 Eastern on NBC. On the uh, Chicago Bears call, one Adam Amin, who will call the Arizona BYU game. Yeah, how about that? NFL football on the television. Are you ready? Are you ready? Awesome football! If that's not enough, the semifinals of the basketball tournament tip off tonight. Jimmer and Team Fredette. Play the seven-seed Eberline Drive tonight at 9 Eastern, also on ESPN. This is for a shot to play in the championship. A name to remember, Jerome Randall leads the Eberline Drive. He scored 34 in their last victory. So it's Jimmer versus Jerome. The winner of tonight's game will play either Overseas Elite or the Golden Eagles. And Jonathan Tavernari signs a deal with Palacanestro Cantu in the highest level of Italian professional basketball, the LBA. Last season, he suited up for Dinamo Sassari, averaging eight minutes a game and four points per game. Say it again. Nah. <laughs> What's it? Dinamo Sassari. The old team or the new team? Oh, goodness. All right, our question of the day. What is the second biggest storyline heading into BYU football fall camp? Let's hear from you once again and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. At R. Greenhaw adds this opinion on Twitter. Is the defense going to be better than last year? Are Troy Warner and Diane Gawalaku really going to stay at safety? I think a lot of the defense question has to do with the defensive line. Can there be a rush? Also, you lose Fred Warner. That's one of the best linebackers that's played here. Can Sione Takitaki and now Zane Anderson, who have both switched positions, D-line to linebacker, safety to linebacker, can they make an impact with Butch Powell 
in the middle of the field. I th- I like those guys as playmakers. And can Butch Powell be the sophomore Butch Powell of two seasons ago where he's making 19 tackles against UCLA? Can that guy come back? Is BYU going to use a lot of dime package? Because then it doesn't really matter uh, if there are a lot of safeties or a lot of corners. Like, you have six defensive backs on yeah, the field, right? Yeah, you only have two linebacks, three D linemen. Uh, I don't know. BYU hasn't. Maybe, Fielded a maybe lot of dime. They played some nickel. But. Maybe that plays into it. I don't know why there are so many safeties that were former defensive backs. I don't, I don't know. I, I just want to talk to the coaches. I want to get their take on why the emphasis on moving so many of these previous cornerbacks back to the safety position and really bolstering that specific position group. Like I would think that safety would have been good without Dianne Gunwoku and Troy Warner. It seems that way with, you know, Austin Lee and Tanner Jacobson and Gavin Fowler. Gavin Fowler's been here 11 seasons. Like, he's very experienced. Now they want to move Austin McChesney back, maybe, along with Diane Gawala. Who's playing corner? Exactly. Well, like, it there, feels there like are... there are four cornerbacks and, like, 28 safeties. Yeah, I, I think there's some talent in the cornerback group. It's just quite undeveloped. Like, we know that Chris Wilcox has had a lot of reps. There's been a lot of conversation about him. I think BYU fans have only noticed him when he's been burned deep. That's kind of the nature of a cornerback. But... Lice Tuiaka, the defense coordinator, really likes Chris Wilcox. So does uh, Ed Lamb. He has a lot of intangibles. The biggest hang-up for Chris Wilcox what about the tangibles? is his ball skills. Can he find the ball in that tiny window of time, that millisecond, and get his hands on it? Because he's typically with the receiver. He's got good length. He's got great speed, one of the fastest guys on the team. How has he developed his ball skills? Tyson Peterson on Twitter. I think for me it's about newcomers because it's obvious something needs to be changed or added to what happened last year. Well, the whole offensive staff changed. That's a big one. Yeah. And guys like Zach Katoa or adding another Kafusi, Devin, could be what BYU needs to turn things around. Now, is there more? are there more impact newcomers on offense or defense, in your opinion? I think offense. I think defense, it's a lot of the same guys. But on offense, it's like Dylan Colley, Gunnar Romney, Zach Katoa, Moroni Laulupututau wasn't he was redshirting last year. Like, he, he there's feels a lot like, of guys. He feels like a newcomer of sorts, even though he's not. Right. He's been gone, so he's way under the radar. I think he I, I think MLP is gonna be a big part of the offense. Amen. I think he's awesome. Amen. Uh let's stay with the social media theme, but put a basketball twist on this. A non fall camp note from the newest BYU basketball assistant coach. Lee Kamard tweeted these pictures yesterday <laughs> got the boot rental car being booted in Macedonia. And he said, oh, Macedonia, it had been a wonderful experience until this happened. And the face slap on the head emoji to follow. So a thread then started. Elijah Bryant weighed in saying, Leezy in the Fiat, to which Lee <laughs> responds, out here feeling like Jason Bourne. <laughs> Jackson Emery pipes in. Dang BYU parking police, they're everywhere. And Tim Lacombe adds, Bootski. <laughs> the ticket on the window has got to feel so intimidating. It's intimidating anyway, but in another language, it's like, where do I go? I don't even know Who do I call? What, what do I even do? Call the Ghostbusters. And a guy named Brandon Blitz said, it's a rental, just leave it. <laughs> We've all either done that or thought it. Yeah, that's good. Your car's booted. You've got uh, a foreign ticket on there. You're in Macedonia. You're I'm like, going to leave this here. You know what? I'm jumping on You're that like, train. Uber. Yeah. Uber it to the airport. Coming up, BYU football is the only sport starting fall camp. Who else is back in business? Ah, yes, and who will be the fall camp MVP? You know there is one every year. Who the real MVP? Who has the best odds? 
Maybe we should uh, contact Bet DSI Sportsbook. For I that. thought you said gambling is wrong. Why do you keep bringing that up? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The first fall camp practice is today, and you can watch live interviews and recaps after it at 8 Eastern time tonight when practice ends on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page and throughout camp on Facebook.com slash BYU TV Sports. Live from Studio B, your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside the one and only Jerem Jordan. If you missed the show, download the podcast or just watch the show on BYUtv.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever you want. And we even have our own uh, hyperlink there, BYUSN.com. Just go boom right there. There's no excuse. The last like five episodes right there. You can find it. If you type in BYU Sports Nation into your Google search engine, you can... You can... You'll get some weird stuff probably, oh, no. but uh, BYUSN.com is a good option. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be able to find a way I'm not to gonna tell you what you partake can, of the show. Our question of the day on social media, what is your second biggest storyline heading into BYU football fall camp? At that underscore Y underscore life on Twitter. Can the defensive line get the necessary quarterback pressure on the opposition? Good point. I think that's a huge thing. Kalani Sataki, that was a staple at Utah for him. Where, like, where is that here? We need to see that. It's year three. Let's go. We want more of your responses. Hashtag BYUSN. You can do it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whichever you prefer. It is now time for our fall camp predictions, projections, prognostications, whatever you want to call them. We'll start with this, Jerem. What is the over-under, or sorry, the over-under a week before the starting quarterback is identified? I think it's over. I think you need to take some time. I know Ed Lamb said to the BYU alumni group last week in Southern Utah, we're hoping by day three – it's like day three. What? Like day three, like Saturday or Monday? Like that's pretty quick. That doesn't give Tanner Mangum much time to prove himself in his first 11 on 11 since the Fresno State game with this team and in the Jeff Grimes offense. I go, I go over. Yeah. Ideally, it would be great to be under. The It'd be great to better. have known already. The sooner yeah. the better. But I just don't think a week is enough time to identify who the starting quarterback in a brand new offense is going to be. Okay. Another prediction. Who will be the fall camp MVP? This is a thing we started in like 2014. Mitch Matthews won it. Christian Stewart won it. Tanner Mangum won it. Tanner Mangum even won it. So who will be the fall camp MVP? Now, the thing about Christian Stewart and Tanner Mangum is they won the fall camp MVP as backup quarterbacks. Well, well, well. And the backup quarterback is like the most popular guy across BYU Sports Nation, particularly during the early part of fall camp, right? I would say the starter is the most popular uh, until they stink. I, I don't know. I Unless mean, it, it's, it's such an intriguing, unique story. With that Mason in mind. Hill was the most popular guy. What do you say? With that in mind, my fall camp MVP prediction is one Joe Critchlow. Are you saying he'll be the backup? I'm saying he will be in the mix to be the starter, and I'm not going to, I guess, qualify him as right now he will be the backup. I. The point is, I think he's going to be better than people are expecting him to be. I don't know what I expect with him. He started three games against stinky competition. Exactly. And he was a freshman. Like, he made some mistakes. He lost to UMass at home as a starter. Like, that's a big blemish. But he looked pretty good against UNLV. I think Joe Critchell will be the fall camp MVP. I expect him to be 
surprising and turning heads and people will be like, oh, wow, he's, you know, he's doing this. He's, Elder Critchlow slinging he's, it. He's really sharp. Yeah. He seems like the mentality that fits what Jeff Grimes wants to do on offense. I go Zach Till. I think he'll emerge as the main running back. I think he'll have some nice runs. I think he'll look good. I think he'll have – like, if Zach Katoa has the same spring in fall, he'd a real MVP. Question number two, or three, I should say. What will be the biggest surprise in fall camp? What or who? What? It can be a person. It can be a thing. It can be a theme. I think Zane Anderson will show well as the flash or field side linebacker. He's moved up from safety. He's quick. He's gained a little bit of weight. He's still not at like, like regular linebacker weight per se, but I think that's going to help him fly around. I think he'll cover well in space. I think he'll have a couple interceptions this year. I like Zane Anderson. The reemergence of Moroni Laulupututau is my answer to the biggest surprise BYU football fall camp. He unfortunately sat out all of last year dealing with an injury. That's probably good for him. <laughs> and so he's kind of disappeared a little bit. He was an effective part of BYU's passing attack in Taysom Hill's senior year. He made some clutch catches for BYU football in Kalani's opening campaign to help them go 9-4. and four. So what is the impact of Moroni Laulupututau? I think that that will be a very noticeable trend throughout fall camp is his reemergence. I think he's going to surprise people because he – was non-existent last year, unfortunately, due to that injury. Watch okay, last out. one. In yep. 30 days, what will be the biggest question still remaining about BYU football? Who will be leading this team? Who are the leaders? I don't think we'll have a definitive answer after fall camp. It, I think it takes games to really determine who the leaders are. If and you suck, you can't be the leader. So you need to be you good have to in, see who's good. You need to be in good in-game yes. situations. Yes. You earn the most respect on that escalated curve when you are good and develop that leadership role in a game. Uh, my answer is what kind of offense is BYU running? I, don't, I still don't <laughs> think we're going to know. Like, I don't think we're going to be like, oh, yeah, it's a spread. Oh, it's a pro style. It's a whatever. Like, unless the coaches say, and I think they want to keep that close to the vest. No. The other one for me, does BYU have a pass rush? I don't think that'll be answered yet. Because they're not actually sacking the quarterback. We're not going to know. All right. Our predictions. And some of them we just aren't really sure about because it's we're going to have the next 30 days to yeah, baby. project. And how much will we really know about the offense? At least we'll know who the starting quarterback is. Thank goodness. Coming up, a new deal for Jonathan Tavernari. And when is Jimmer getting buckets tonight? It's in the whip. Who has earned the elite voice of the day? Answering the second biggest storyline of BYU football fall camp. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Brian Logan. This is your 2018 BYU football fall camp preview special on BYU Sports Nation. It did not feature Dennis Pitta, though he was a guest earlier this week. Yeah, thank goodness it was earlier this week. If you missed any part of this show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Yesterday was reporting day. Today is practice number one. We'll be live with practice interviews and recaps starting at 8 Eastern when practice finishes on Facebook.com slash BYUTV Sports. Cougars in the NFL. Bronson Kafusi and Kai Nakua will suit up for the Baltimore Ravens tonight in the NFL preseason debut for the Ravens against the Chicago Bears. 
Soccer. The Bears. The women's team began their camp as well yesterday. The Cougars will need to replace seven seniors, including two NWSL draft picks. Blue and white scrimmage is Saturday night, and the first exhibition is August 10th at UCLA. Cougars in the minors. Colton Shaver finished one for four with two runs batted in and a run scored in a 9-1 win over the Quad City River Bandits. Jimmer! Team Fredette takes on seventh seed Eberlane Drive tonight at 9 Eastern on ESPN. The winner of this matchup goes to the title game for a chance at the winner-take-all $2 million prize. How much of that share, if Team Fredette wins, goes to Jimmer? <laughs> is it evenly split? or I, it, I don't uh, know. I'd love to know the dynamics of how that prize money would be distributed. Is it unfair or is it fair? What is fair is the question. Fair is that Jimmer gets more. Does <laughs> the leading scorer have a bonus built into that contract? Guy, that's why Jeff Ledbetter's jacking up all those three. <laughs> like, I'm going to get this. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. It goes to all of you. In BYU Sports Nation. You've waited, you've paced, you've cried, you've sweated, you've bled to get back to football. The game's in 30 days, but guess what? Fall camp is today, baby. We're going to see this team. We're going to hear from these guys. We made it. We made it. Congratulations. And there's nothing more celebratory than that noise. After a 4-9 and nine season, you have traversed. You only was 4-9 and nine last year? Yeah, that's going to become one of those things that you just forget about. Just, well, never. like the score of I'll the forgive, but game never in, forget. In 2011. Spencer. You don't even remember the score of the game in 2011. Oh, now you remember it? Well, there was the time where I didn't. Okay. It was so painful. You've reacclimated? Yes. You've yes. come to grips with, uh, with that like Brian Logan did with Florida State? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he acts like he's over it. He's not over it. Our elite voice of the day. What is the second biggest storyline heading into BYU football fall camp at Jake R. Camp on Twitter? Second biggest storyline is once the starting quarterback has established, what does the rest of the offense look like? Yeah. Will BYU be able to score? Yeah. Will BYU be able to move the ball? Yeah. How hungry are these players to redeem themselves after last year? Love a good redemption story. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show's on demand at BYUSN.com. Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Colby Clausen. He knows a thing or two about season openers, right? Yes, he does. Check us out tonight on Facebook.com slash BYUTV Sports 8 Eastern. All access from fall camp. Do not miss it. We'll see you then.